0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another uh, episode of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. Uh, t- today, I'm delighted to be joined from uh, an- uh, by another guest from the other side of the pond over in the States, uh, the wonderful Alex Alice. Now, she is a uh, well, you know, she was one of the first podcast hosts that I, uh, that I guested with. And uh, I'm just a ball of dynamism. Uh, positivity and a generally speaking a force for good in the world uh, doing her bit, sharing her story. So when I decided to have my podcast, I thought this is exactly the sort of uh, uh, lovely lady that I want to have on on the show. So Alex, please um, could you introduce yourself and um, just tell you tell a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into we'll get into the interview.
1: Yeah. Hey, Simon. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for asking me to be a guest on your podcast. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you when you were a guest on mine. And so I'm excited about this conversation as well. Um, so my husband and I live in Nashville, Tennessee, we are foster parents and we are adoptive parents. We've been in the foster care world for about four years. Um, we've had a handful of children in and out of our home, and then last year we officially adopted our son Brooks. He's now just about two years old. And then last year we also um, had a foster daughter placed with us, and this has been our longest placement. She's been with us for over a year now. She's about one and a half, and we have absolutely fallen in love with her. Just like we have fallen in love with every child that enters our house, but we're just kind of taking it day by day right now, hoping we're making the best decisions and, you know, just kind of rolling with the punches. So thanks again for asking me to be a guest.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, you, 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 you summed it up so well, you know, this is about love, you know, if we're Mm -hmm. coming from love and we're coming from love, and we're doing the best that we can from love. That is all we can do, isn't it? I mean, uh, lo- doing doing uh, the kids. It's enough for our kids to do their best, isn't it? So why isn't it enough? <laughs> why isn't it enough for us? You know why?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's so strange too because I know a lot of foster and adoptive parents who very obviously. Absolutely love and adore the children in their homes. And we want to think that love is enough. But, you know, I think research and understanding and the willingness to learn is also kind of a piece of it. And the tough part about that is you don't always find the right answers when you research. It's, I think it's kind of about finding the right resources. For example, I'm not sure that I'm going to take advice from other adoptive parents as it relates to my adopted children i'd rather have advice from somebody like you from somebody who's been there who's experienced it and who could give me the real truth and i'm not sure if that makes sense but i I hope i'm saying it as clearly as it's coming to my mind
0: um it does make sense and uh you know love and cure i guess so love is the first thing this is about and then there's the curiosity curiosity if i can say that right Hmm. and one of the things I found in 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 the community that you're um your part of, you know the adoptive and parenting um, um foster parenting community these parents are more curious they just seem to you know I've spent time with um whatever the other you know whether we call them biological parents or whatever um i I'm, I hopefully I'm, I'm I'm not too hung up on the vocabulary and I hope the, the listeners aren't either I mean but th- these parents People like yourself seem to be more curious, and I guess what we're here to do today is to maybe uh, satiate that uh, curiosity um, to help people who um, uh, who are looking to understand more. And you know, do what we can to share what we've learned um, and what what you've learned, so that you know everybody's kind of moving on. But this is about a dialogue, and it's about a dialogue between. Um, and a and a adoptive and foster parent and and an adoptive me so hopefully the dynamic and and the, you know the different perspectives from the different involvement in their adoption triad is, is what gives people a, um, a, a a different insight and a different you know maybe it just gets them to to stop and think maybe just one thing that we throw away as a as a nugget that we don't see as valuable it kind of lands for them because it's all about what lands for us, isn't it? You know, we, ha- we have to have our own, uh, own insights. People can't have them for us.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's so crazy to me, you're absolutely right. Foster and adoptive parents are so curious. And all of them that I know, they consume all of the information that they possibly can. You know, they're on TikTok pages about foster care and adoption. They're reading blogs and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and just consuming all of this media. And it's kind of hard to know which of that is appropriate and which of that is quote unquote good advice and which is not. But it's so crazy to me how expectations of adoptive families have changed over the years. And what I mean by that is decades ago, it just seems to me from my perspective that not being honest with adoptive children was acceptable. Now, of course, today you say that and, and people are appalled today. I feel like the consensus is you must be completely honest with your adoptive children, which is what we plan to do. But what I'm wondering, are there other elements within adoption and with within building a family that we don't yet know are the most healthy way to go about things.
0: Yeah. Well, the world's always moving on, isn't it? Um, Uh Can I, can I just ask you, this is a question I I love to ask, um, as a kind of like a a lead into all this stuff is, you know, what, when I say the word thriving adoptees, you know, what, what, what for you, what does that mean for you? What are the ingredients that you've, that you've learned along the way? I guess what we what we want to do is, is to prompt insights rather than give advice. You know, I'm not a parenting. I'm not I, me. And my wife, haven't got any kids, so you know, I I, I wouldn't go anywhere near um, uh, providing um, uh, advice. I think you know the the web is uh, the internet is full of advice. the The newspapers are full of advice, but you know, it, it, maybe it's because the advice isn't quite right. It doesn't land. We don't we don't really tend to. It doesn't really motivate much change. What motivates uh, change, I think, is, is that is that insights, uh, that insight uh, piece, and that's why I'm big on kind of questions and coaching and, and insights. So, what does what does thriving adoptees mean to you? Renee?
1: That's such an interesting question because, of course, I think about often mm-hmm. every day what decisions can I make today. That will help my kids to feel happier or to have a fulfilling life, but I've never thought about it from the perspective that you just presented it. So I guess, I mean, as far as the ingredients, like we talked about before, the number one ingredient is love. And I can very easily say that I love my children more than anything in the entire world. Um, That's an easy answer. But on top of that, I think as I help my children grow and help them develop into teenagers and adults, I really would like them to view the fact that they've been adopted as something special. I want them to look at it like some kids look at their curly hair. Hey, I have curly hair and not all my friends do. And that makes me extra beautiful. That makes me extra special. And so that's how I want them to view their adoption, it's not necessarily something, I mean, it it does make them different from a lot of the kids, maybe that will be in their class, but it's something that makes them unique in a good way. And I think that's my ultimate goal, at least for coming years, as my kids start to get into elementary school and start to kind of understand what adoption means.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The thing that pops into my head about that, um, uh, Alex, is that We have to see things for ourselves. So um, it's that insight piece, right? So um, my mum said something really lovely to me. You know, my mum was 82, right? (laughs) She said something really (laughs) lovely to me um, the other week and it didn't land for me. So what I mean by that is kind of like I didn't take the compliment so i think we, we live in a world where you know uh, we, we're so we, we live in a culture the western culture is one where we as uh, as adults we kind of downplay our strengths and we focus in our in, in our weaknesses and yes. we do that we we do that amongst our uh, we, we do that to ourselves and we also do that to let, let's say politicians, okay I think you know, perhaps you yeah. know who <laughs> I'm thinking about, but I'm not just thinking about the obvious politicians. I'm thinking about all of them, but we kind of like um, and this for me this relates to what I was saying at this at, at the start, which was I gave a and I did this intentionally, right I gave a positive shout out and encouragement to adoptive parents and foster parents because I in my experience they are more curious and more open to learning more more new things um, about parenting than let's call them biological parents so I did that I did that on purpose because it's hard to see it's hard for us to see um, our strengths it's hard to see it's it's hard for us to see our um our picture when we're in the frame. Yeah. So I I actually gave that as a compliment to the listeners, because I'm assuming a lot of them will be adoptive parents and foster parents. And yes. I am and I'm recognizing that for them because they might not recognize all this great stuff that they're all already doing because we have this tendency to downplay what what we're doing. We just don't realize it well it's natural. Yeah. It's, it's natural for us to do this. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm perhaps I'm over egging this. I don't know whether does that, that make sense to you? Because we, what we want, we need to we need to be the change that we want to see in the world and um, for our kids. So if we're not great at seeing our own strengths, then 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 our parent our, our kids are going to they're going to copy what we do, not what we say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have two thoughts on that. The first, though, back up just a little bit. Are you not going to tell us what your mother said to you that didn't land well?
0: Um, do you know what? I can't even remember it. That's how badly it landed. <laughs> OK. That, that's how badly it landed. And well, for me, it, it, you know, it was a lovely thing. Um, the the um, a, a, a little story uh, uh, pops into my head about a compliment um, that I once gave somebody. And she said, it, what? I was complimenting her on a on a top. You know, she had this lovely top on and it had a lovely, it was a lovely colour. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a great top. And she looked at me like, what? Like I was, really? drinking, like I was being ironic. I said, no, no, I, I love that top. I had a top that colour. I had a shirt that colour years and years ago. It was one of my favourite shirts or something like that. And... And she looked at me. She said, "You know, are you taking the Mickey?" I said, "No, I'm not." <laughs> and 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 I had a couple more goes at trying to trying to get the compliment to land, and it didn't land. So so I so I can see it in other people, but you know that doesn't mean that I, I do it myself. <laughs> I don't hold myself up. I can't remember what it was that my mum said to me. Um, wow. But. Um, Wait.
1: I need to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I also need to have you explain something to me because this is not a common phrase in America. What does it mean to take the mickey? What is that?
0: Um, that's like uh ribbing somebody or, um, or having a joke at their expense.
1: Oh, that's funny. I hope you have um, a lot of American listeners too. So that way I can kind of help decipher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, we. I mean, we have adult phrases as well, but this is a family show, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> use the other word you can probably guess what it is. Um, it, it's an alternative to Mickey, but yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Um,
0: but yeah. So. So. Um, yeah, getting getting other people to see their see their how special they are. Do you know? Like. Yeah. To see, getting our kids to see seeing it for ourselves seeing how special we are for ourselves, not in a big headed way, not in in not in a in modest way, but like that for me, you know, because the, the better we can see it for ourselves, then the um, the more likely we are, we are going to be able to get our kids to see it for themselves.
1: Yeah. And that's such a great point, because as you're speaking, I'm thinking back at times through my childhood and just trying to think of Um, what the relationships looked like just between me and my group of friends, let's say when I was in third, fourth grade. And I specifically remember when I was that age, I had a group of friends and they called me sensitive. That was one of the things that they used to kind of, um, I guess, hurt my feelings. And, And I was, I was a sensitive kid. When I was sad, I cried. When I was happy, I really showed it. You know, I was a sensitive kid and they made it out like that was a very bad thing. And so over the years, I was kind of conditioned to learn that being sensitive is a bad thing. And now as an adult, I've been told that I'm not sensitive at all, that I'm very laid back and I'm able to handle negative emotions and stressful situations very easily. And so I'm wondering, are we conditioned as children maybe by our friends our friend groups and maybe this is just specific to where I grew up and I grew up in this little tiny town in South Dakota but I don't remember any of my friends ever saying wow your hair looks really pretty today or wow you have a beautiful singing you know I don't remember hearing compliments but I remember hearing when they tried to throw jabs and maybe it's just my memory too I'm not really sure.
0: Um, Well I think culturally we we do concentrate on the uh, we do we do remember the negatives. Um, uh-huh. I think that is part and and um, and, and they hurt, you know. So, uh-huh. um, I, I, you know, I've been called. I, I've been. Uh, I, I remember being called sensitive about ten years ago, and uh, taking it as a a um, taking it as a criticism. But wouldn't you know? W- what's the opposite of sensitive? Wouldn't you rather be kind of sensitive rather than kind of dogmatic and, and not not give her a, a stuff, not care?
1: You know? Yeah,
0: it's like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we will take it. We will we will take those things as you know. Bit so people would say well it's better to I'm sure you know would you would say what's well, better to, to to your kids right it's better to tell me how you're feeling mm-hmm. um rather as than an adult emotions
1: yeah as an adult I would say that but as a kid I feel like I was kind of conditioned to believe that being sensitive it it was a bad thing
0: yeah it's um it's seen I mean traditionally it's seen as a, a sign of weakness and um, so I've just been listening to a a, a podcast. Um, whilst I was walking the dog, right, and uh, it was about a uh, a high achieving um, a snooker a snooker player, so like a world champion in snooker. You know, snooker is not it's it's a it's a big sport in some places. I mean, is it a sport? I don't know, um, but you know, it's it's big in some areas. It's obviously it's not as big as uh, soccer or American football, but you know, it's it's big. And this this guy was saying, you know, um, when I was when I was practicing on my own, you know, I, I I would show my emotions, you know, to my manager or my coach or whatever, or or, or just let them out to myself. But when I was playing in a tournament, um, I had to bottle those up because uh, the opponent would see weakness. Uh, they see weakness in me. So I think that is perhaps where a lot of this stuff comes from. You know, you don't, don't, um, I remember, I, I remember the um, uh, strange, uh, the, you know, the different stories that pop into my head, but I remember seeing the, the first Godfather movie uh, and, um, uh, and uh, Don Corleone says to Sonny, who's the impetuous, highly emotional charged, emotionally charged eldest son, don't, don't let um, other people know what you're, you know, what you're thinking or or how you're feeling, you know, keep Mm your own So I think traditionally it is, it is that way. Um, I had another thought on, on the the kid stuff, but I think I'm talking quite a lot.
1: (laughs) No, no. I mean, it's just also interesting how greatly the experiences of your childhood affect you and what you remember and what sticks with you into adulthood is so important. And it personally, my goal for my children is to be able to teach them and instill in them the things that maybe I struggled with as a child. For example, if I could be put in the situation of my mother and go back and tell myself, Hey, your friends are being crazy. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive. Being sensitive can be a good thing. And these are all the good things that can come out of people who are sensitive, but children don't always understand that. I mean, maybe my mom did have that conversation with me and maybe that's what didn't stick. And so I, I, it's hard to attempt to put uh, an adult's logic in your children's brains. You know, they're, they're just not old enough.
0: No. Well, I mean, I think sometimes kids have got it more right than the adults. Um, so you know, the uh, the wisdom that comes out of kids to me uh, always blows blows my mind. Um, uh, and uh, you know, I I spent before I got into the adoption space, I spent a lot of time working with uh, with kids in elementary schools, like sixteen hundred odd kids, and um, I would do a fun workshop. The kids are playing. They're, they're playing. They're having fun. They're learning about that. Their thoughts and their feelings, and uh, and they're they're learning the most for me the the most important thing in life is that they're, they're learning why they feel the way that they do and where their feelings come from, mm-hmm. uh, and that that uh, and and once they realise that, um, then what other kids say can't upset them anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my kids don't talk yet. So I'm no. still waiting on the wisdom, but I think it will come. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it will, you know, it will. And it and it and it comes incredibly, incredibly early. I've seen um, you said Brooks is two ish, did you say? Yeah,
1: he he's almost two.
0: He's almost two, yeah. I've heard incredible wisdom um from kids not much older than that, you know. So I remember and and that and and their, the the way that they bounce back as well i've seen that incredibly so we were on holiday once and um uh, with some friends and their and and, and their kids and their uh the their dog died in the kennels and the the and dad were gutted and so were the kids um and then the next morning they the youngest child was like well that means we can get a new dog and, and she was over it she was looking forward to the she was looking forward to the to the new puppy arriving oh she my was goodness. Bouncing, she was bouncing back way quicker than other people um, uh, than the adults you know and, and that's where i you know the, that that's where i see kids wisdom at its best you know that that resilience and i think we 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 keep on i the, the common story is i hear is that you know resilience is something that's learned well, I, I think actually fragility is learned. You know, people learn um, that they are fragile rather than they're resilient. I think I think we're born. I think we're born pretty resilient.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was watching a YouTube video yesterday, and it was made by an adoptive family. The mother was interviewing her adopted daughter. She was five. The daughter, and she had been adopted as a toddler. And the mother said what does adoption mean to you? And the little girl said, well, well, it obviously it means that my mommy picked me, my parents picked me. So most mommies don't get to pick their baby. They just get what they get. But my mom decided that I was special enough and she chose me out of everybody else. And of course I have like a tear streaming down my face at that point. And, but it was just so sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's yeah, just, that's just so. Uh, that's just so lovely, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's it's cool. one of those videos that it will stick with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, because that that five year old had got it. Mm-hmm. She had had that um, realization. She had. She was seeing this for myself, for herself. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, was seeing, she was. She she saw this for herself. So for me, the the next question uh, is like, well, how do you get, how do you get, how do you get, how do you get kids to see this sort of stuff from themselves, Alex?
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering too, is explaining the situation, is that enough? I mean, because you can, you can explain it. I I can tell my son to pick up his toys all day long. It doesn't mean he's going to get it.
0: No. So I've got, I, I've got my take on this, but you know, I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the 54 year old adoptee, you know? So, um, <laughs> which is the valuable coach.
1: voice. Sorry? I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- that's the valuable, valuable voice yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, we, as an adoptive and as a foster parent, we get tips and tricks and advice and information coming at us from every angle, but where is the valuable where where's the information coming from that is valuable and that's you that's your voice and I all of us appreciate I I appreciate it I can speak for all of us we we appreciate what you put out
0: yeah so I'm gonna answer the I'm gonna ask answer the question then um how do you how do we get our kids to see this yeah I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna give my I'd love to hear your answer first just in case, if it prompts something, it might it might help me. Um, uh, it helped make, make me frame my answer in a better way that, that lands better for the listener.
1: I mean, to be completely honest, I'm learning. I I don't know the answer. I have assumptions. Um, so my assumptions would be kind of kind of what I described before is helping my children understand that the fact that they're adopted and, and related to the YouTube video, it means that they were picked. They were chosen. We didn't biologically have a baby and it came out just being the random child and the random personality that we got. We, cho- we made the decision. We chose to pursue adoption. It, we chose these children
0: yeah.
1: and, the fact that they're adopted, that's what makes them special. That's what it, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not something that should hinder them. It's not something that they should feel different in a bad way for it's something that should make them feel proud yeah. different because that's one of the factors that makes them special of many.
0: Yeah. That's it's amazing. Cause, cause my, my uh, answer to the same question is nothing like that, but it, it, it doesn't conflict with that at all. Um, okay. So my answer is kind of like a more of a, um, I don't know if I'm using this word right. It's more of like a meta question, which is how do we get anybody to get anything? Um, so how do we get anybody to understand some, something? How do we get people to see something for themselves? And for me, there's a very simple way to do that, which um, it, it's simple, but it's not easy, and and you have to be kind of patient with it, and it takes it takes more time, and that's through the use of questions.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So a a statement. Well, let me go for a, let me go for um, the the first end of the spectrum, right? is a command. A command has an exclamation mark on it, right? So, mm-hmm. that, like, sometimes we've got to use those commands to get people to do something differently. You know, so if my wife is about to, um, um, you know, she's checking a text, we're walking the dogs, and she's she's checking a text, and, and we're about to cross the road, and an electric, and a, and a Tesla's coming, the opposite direction, she can't hear it because of the electric engine, then I'm gonna shout, stop at her to stop her getting run over by this silent car right so Uh that that has you know a command has its place the next statement the next thing would be um like a statement a statement ends with a full stop so statements have that 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 you know like an update having a face but then from this perspective how we get somebody to see something differently for themselves we ask them a question and a question ends with a a hook on the end of it and the hook is almost like a little tool that draws the insight out of the person's um brain subconscious out from within them and then they see it for themselves so uh, and so for me that that's how i try to have my conversations with more of those questions whether i'm conversing with a an eight-year-old, uh, you know, in a, in a, uh, like I used to do in 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 a, in, in, in schools, um, or a group of a, a group of um, eight-year-olds in schools, or whether I'm uh, conversing, um, chatting, chatting with you, when I'm ch- whoever I'm, if I'm trying to get somebody to see something for themselves, I use a, I'll try and use more questions and I use kind of like open questions, and then it's not my idea that I'm trying to shove into somebody's head. Um, it's their idea that comes from them. So, um, and the, uh, the word, when I heard about this first, I, I heard, uh, so, um, I heard it, the the, the the root of the word educate comes from a Latin word, Latin verb, educare, which means to draw out of somebody. So this kind of, the old, you know, we talked earlier on about how society has changed. So, but the 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 old idea of education is kids, you know, lined up in desks, people trying to force feed information into their heads, throw mud at the wall and hope that it sticks. Now, not much of that really sticks. Not with the deeper stuff. What we're in a better, but if we draw the questions draw the information out of them it's their information and they're more likely to see it from themselves.
1: okay so this is very very interesting i have two thoughts um the exact way you're explaining this but i'm a college student and right now we're doing a lesson in intrapreneurship which is you know working for a company that's owned by somebody else and the way you explained it that exact topic was explained in our textbook just last week. And so they kind of made the same points. Um, If you're, let's say, in a meeting with a bunch of your peers and you're trying to convey a certain opinion or a certain topic, instead of just laying it out there, lead them to the conclusion by asking them questions to get them there, which is so interesting. But the other thing that I wanted to mention, um, you're probably going to think I'm a complete wackadoodle, but a few years ago, I was very interested in hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And so I, took these classes online and it was like a year long process. And basically one of the main elements that this particular hypnosis school taught is that people, um, fall into one of two categories. They're either a physical or, or an emotional when it comes to their suggestibility. And you can kind of ignore that terminology because it doesn't exactly fit with what it means, but um, people are somewhere on the scale. For example, you could be 70% emotional and 30% physical. Anyways, the difference is in how they prefer to receive information and how they interpret information. So physical people prefer to have information told to them literally. So if I'm using this example with my son, Brooks, as he gets a little bit older, telling him that you are special because you are adopted, that would work for him if he was a physical, but if he was more emotional, he would then prefer to have, um, inferred suggestions. So in that case, maybe I would have a book laying on his bookshelf that basically said that, you know, it was a book about a child who was adopted and he was special because he was adopted and he, you know, he had this wonderful experience in this wonderful family. So instead of telling him all of these things, I would let him notice the book and discover the book and infer that, Hey, this little boy was adopted. So he's wonderful and great and is living a a great life. And so I'm inferring that, or he's in Brooks is inferring because he's adopted. That's also the case with him. And so I just thought that was interesting, those parallels. And you might think I'm a nut job for my hypnosis um, explanation, but that's, that's just kind of how I connected it in my mind.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think you're a nut job at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, as you were talking there, I was thinking, hmm, interesting. Uh, I think you know we have to we have to adjust our approach uh, to uh, to our individual children. Then that's it. I mean, you, yeah, we have to. That's we we adapt our our, our approach. Um, uh, interesting other stuff. I was thinking. Well, I was thinking, which camp am I in? That, that was the other thing I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and then I'm thinking, well, you know, have I have I learned from both? Um, uh, have I learned from both? Uh, you know, inference and you know, inference and being told, and I'd say both. And I was trying to think of different examples in in uh, for both of those. And so, yeah, it, it it's we're not here to give people. The 10 ways to do that, you know, 10 ways to make your child see their how that perfection for themselves. We're not that that's not like what we're that, that we're not we did not set up to rattle through 10 strategies. Um, I guess what we're trying to do is get, get people to to think. And, and as I do that, as I say that, I, you know, a thought comes into my head. Well, nobody's got any time to think, Simon. You've just got to tell them what to do, and everybody's so busy. So That's the thought that goes into my head, but um, so it does take um, it, it. It does take time. We've got to be uh, flexible. We've got to learn. You know, we learn. We learn to walk. You know, Brooks learned to walk by falling over and going again. You know, it, it's being kind on ourselves. You know, you said right at the start. You know, this is that you're learning all the time. Um and learning all the time is we, what we want our kids to do. So why don't we do that ourselves? And the, the people that are listening to this podcast are open to doing that. and the people that are you know, the people that are most in need often of of, of, um, uh, of different insights are the people that are less less open to it. So it's, <laughs> it's a tricky one sometimes.
1: It really is. And I heard something recently how research and technology is, is kind of changing um, and we're changing as a society or as a culture in how we interact with it. So the idea was that over the last 20 years, people have just been researching and consuming and reading and taking in all that they can take in because all of this information was out there and available to them. And now as a society, we're kind of shifting and transforming a little bit from looking at everything that's out there to weeding out what's the most important, what's relevant, what's factual. And so instead of um, focusing on quantity of information available to us, we're focused more on quality or or aiming to do that going forward. And I thought that was really important because as we research and read blogs and listen to podcasts, there's, there's just so much out there. It's incomprehensible there's no way somebody can take in all of the information that's out there for them and so now the fact that it's kind of being focused to what's important I think is is a really good thing it would be a good change for our culture I haven't seen this happening but I I have hope that it will start to happen
0: yeah um one of my mentors has been talking about this for a while um and he says the world doesn't need any more information. It needs more inspiration.
1: Yeah, that's so good.
0: Um, and I guess, you know, if we, the, the thing that pops into my head is that, you know, it's the TED Talks and they're 17 minutes, you know, there must mm-hmm. be a reason for that. I Well, I guess, you know, it, it's the attention span, isn't it? Um, and uh, this, for me, one of the big, one of the big, um, reasons why what you're talking about is important is because it isn't about the quantity that it's, it is, it isn't about the quantity of, of, of inspiration that we of information that we take in. It's about the quality of our inspiration and, and our ability, our skills, our, our skills. This is, this is all about the hows and we learn those hows on the job. Um, so It's more about trying new things rather than knowing one thing's going to work. And if we could take that, if we could take that approach to everything in life, whether it's, you know, being an entrepreneur, whether it's being a parent or whether it's being um, somebody like me. And, you know, if I distill it down, what am I? I'm I'm an adoption coach. I'm an adoptee coach. If I can make it more about, me being so, I'm in, I'm in that curious space now. um I, I kind of stumbled into that curious space after a, a lot of time in, <laughs> a lot of time, uh, a lot of frustration, and now I'm in that curious space. I think the curiosity is kind of beginning beginning to pay off, but we're uh, after ten years of looking for the for the you know for the one thing that's going to work.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed as I get older, kind of as an overall value system, complacency in my life is one of my greatest fears. And I think it becomes a bit detrimental to me because it means that I have more and more and more added to my plate. Um, But I am so scared of becoming Complacent, you know. I'm always looking for another piece of real estate that we'd like better than our current home. I'm always looking for um, new college classes to join. I'm a college student. Um, if a new job opportunity comes up, then is better than the one that I have now. I'm I'm just so afraid of complacency, and a lot of times it's it's kind of a bad thing, but at times it's also a good thing because. I don't stop learning. I don't stop seeking out new information. So I don't, it's a bittersweet quality to have. Right now, it's pretty terrible for my schedule, but it's it's just who I am.
0: Yeah. Huh? Crazy. I, 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 I have I have no I have no idea what to say to that, Alex. And that's really good for me because normally i have to <laughs> rush. I'd have to rush in, and I'd say. Wow. would you mind if I gave you a suggestion or uh, that's, or I try and comfort you in that. So it's really great. That I have nothing to say. That's, <laughs> that, that's so a, funny. That's a release for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's
1: a release. That's so funny. Yeah. I have a friend, um, we were having a conversation the other day and she told me that the house that she was buying to live in, this is going to be the house for the rest of her life. And um, she's in her thirties. And I'm just thinking, I don't know that I would ever live in a house that i can say will be my forever yeah. home and that's such a weird difference why maybe it's i'm seeking perfection and obviously that really can never exist i don't know
0: mm. so like you pontificate on you know, it and sooner or later you'll have a an insight on that you know um I, That's that where the, you know, for me, the answers are in the curiosity and hanging out, hanging out at the bus stop for insights. But the (laughs) thing is that uh, those insights, uh, they don't run on a timetable. Um, No. But one of the things is that, you know, the bigger the insight, the bigger it changes the world. That's how I begin it. Bigger, it changes our world. But there's this thing in society that we're all taught. We're all taught that change is hard. Well, Change is only hard if we haven't had a big enough insight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There are also several of um, those type of personalities in my inner circle um, and and they avoid change. And I, I've just never been like that. I would um, assume to say maybe you're also open to change in your life as well. Is that something that scares you or is it something that you're pretty comfortable with?
0: Br- bring it on. Yeah. Well, to a certain extent, you know, I guess when, when things are going well, I'm really open to change. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And, you know, one of the things in the, in, you know, that's one of the things bringing it back to the kind of adoption stuff. um, You know, I read this book called Primal Wound um, um, a few years ago, and it says that adoptees don't like change. Um, And I I don't, I, I think that, I don't know to what extent that's true. I, I think that as a society, we're not really most of us aren't up for, up for change. We're kind of like we're in we're in that uh, comfort zone. I think. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think culturally, I think that I, I would say culturally there are uh, you know, and this is a mass, obviously, uh, um, and it might be just people that, that the people that I hang out with, but I would say culturally. Um, there's more, uh, America is more open to change um, than, than the UK. I mean, that's a, a massive, obviously a, a massive simplification, but.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I know you've spent time in America too, and I'm assuming you've had the chance to, um, you know, meet many different American personalities. I'd love to visit the UK.
0: Yeah. Get well. Once we can, once we're all back on the planes, then yeah, great. Come, come. Yes. I mean, I went to Nashville. Um, uh, uh, what, fourteen months ago, just before COVID happened, uh, started Jan, January to last uh, last December. Yeah, I thought it was a great place. Yeah, I thought it was a great place. Yeah. So we um, love it. I'm just I'm conscious of time. Is the we've we've how could we bring this back to the adoptive? adoptive space how uh, and what 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 would you take from today in terms of or what would you like to take from today or, or share um, to kind of wrap this up
1: you know the thing that really struck me and I whenever you speak I feel like I need to be taking notes and reviewing my notes and of course more information but again your perspective is so incredibly, valuable to people like me. And I hope we can remain in contact as my kids get older, because the older they get, the more opportunities we'll have to have these conversations. And again, your, your input and your advice, and I know you don't necessarily want to give advice, but it's so valuable. Um, but the one thing that I'm really, really taking from this conversation seriously is it, the infer and i apologize i'm using this terminology that you didn't use but the inferred suggestions and especially as it relates to child development and child learning because it's something that i had learned about like i said in my hypnosis classes but i had never thought to apply it in this situation and so that's something that's probably something i'm going to use for the rest of my life
0: that's brilliant that's brilliant um I think that that's, you know, when we've got these pockets of information that we can apply to different parts of our lives, you know, that, that, that's, that's very valuable to me. So, you know, if, if we can see that, you know, we've got, you've got to a truth about how those things work and therefore you're you're very open, you're, it's very easy for you to kind of like take a part of what you know to be true in one part of your life and, and, and transpose it into another part of your life. Now, Um, that means that that gives you uh, that that's your wisdom and and that's the opposite of advice you don't need to seek any advice in that area now or you need to seek less advice in that area now Um, Hmm. it's one thing off your plate you know you've got a lot on your plate so it's one it's one less thing on your plate because um, because you know it's you know that this is true you know, this, I've got a little, I've got, a, I've, I've learned something in one part of my life and I just need to uh, apply it into another. Well, that, that's, that's genius. And that, that's, that, that's, you don't need to, that, that's your ultimate shortcut off the, um, uh, off the learning curve. You don't need to, um, you need, you don't need to seek anybody else's learning curve in that part of your life. Um, you've got your own. And, you know, that, that's, that's genius to
1: me. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, I just, I really appreciate your perspective and I'm so excited that you've decided to start a podcast. I can't wait until you go live. I can't wait to listen to your other episodes. I'm so excited for you and I'm so proud of you.
0: Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing I would say from this is, uh, you know, the biggest taking I would say for, to, for, for me to sum this up would be to, you know, to, to be curiosity, you know. So we have this phrase, don't we? We had a, we had a pop band in the 80s called Curiosity Killed the Cat. Um, <laughs> so but curiosity is where it's at, you know. Yeah. If we can If we can all just stay curious, you know. I, I look at the word mind, mindset. Right. Well, I don't want mindset. <laughs> I don't want mind, <laughs> my mind to be set. I want mind fluid or mind, yeah, mind yeah. Bubbly, like a, a jello. You know, I don't want it set. <laughs> I want it, I, w- I want to stay curious.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: And keep exploring because that's where the fun is. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, so good.
0: Jolly good. Let's speak again soon, Alex.
1: Thank you, Simon. Thank Thanks you so lot. much.
0: Thank you.